I thought about drinking? no. It's Modelo? Drinking Modelo Especial. Oh, yeah, very like special. Love it. <laughs> yeah, nine dollars, but <laughs> Wait, six what? pack, not the. Oh, beer. I was like that one. God, was nine dollars. No. Are you? It's a Mexican okay. beer. <laughs> Welcome to Brat Life, a weekly podcast where we discuss everything from drama to trauma with a healthy dose of self-awareness. I'm your host, Cheyenne Perry. Whether you're on your commute, binging the show, or you're a first-time listener, I invite you to take this time to tune in and be a little bratty today. Billie Eilish released a new... Um, album today mm-hmm. and the first song in the album <laughs> is just like her taking her Invisalign out and being like eh. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never ASMR. related to anything more in my life because I have Invisalign she's and I'm... getting a lot of heat you know oh for why um, because she isn't some poor person that strummed a ukulele hard enough and then got famous she's instead like most famous artists she had connections and she had wealth and she used her talent to springboard off of that privilege ahead of like you know proper uh, music artist are we mad personally no that's normal i <laughs> oh, think okay. you should deal with i that. thought if people were gonna be mad at her it would be for like glorifying death because she does that like uh, i think millennials hella, like hella. that a lot yeah we're really dying like, seems fun real like, sad i'm sure you saw all of those like uh, giant meteor 2020 take us all out election yes. tags oh pretty much yes. i mean help but you know <laughs> help uh we we all just like we're not over the tumblr moment um but hi hello i am here with adam hello so we've only really met once before this yep we don't know each other that well nope but we met at a going away party for a mutual friend mm-hmm. And everyone was just kind of hanging around and talking. And at the time, I was there with Samantha, and we started talking about the podcast. And you were like, I want to be on the podcast. (laughs) And I was like, please be on the podcast, because we need guests. And also men. Um, I have interviewed one other man, but I interviewed him and his girlfriend. And other than that, you're the only one. Interesting. Yeah, that one's going to come out before this one does, so... Ooh, sneak peek into yeah, the future. Yeah, yeah, cool. but um, thanks so much for coming on. Not a problem. I was really excited to come on after I talked to you guys. Yeah, and it's just me now, but mm-hmm. it's going to be mm-hmm. great. And we're talking about toxic masculinity yes, today. Yes, yes, yes. So, of course, I can't talk about that with a woman. I mean, I guess I could, but it <laughs> would seem outside, kind of like two guys talking about feminism. I'd be like, hey, fuck off. Two white men talking about feminism and black people in a podcast yeah that's totally new yeah you know it's like we don't need it right so it's tiresome it just obviously i needed to have you on do you want to jump on in sure why not okay so oh this is my bad (laughs) (laughs) uh i forgot to look up the definition of toxic masculinity (laughs) (laughs) i could spell it for you it's h-i-g-h-s-c-h-o-o-l Blessings. Love that. Okay. Hot take. Hmm. I want to know what you mean by that. 
it's a good time to learn what one would perceive as values and attributes that are going to be beneficial to a person. So if I'm going to go ahead and like we're doing, just jumping into toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times you're doing things with other boys because I mean, you could call them dudes, but when you're in high school, you're still just a boy at that point. Okay. And you've got your clubs and your hangouts and sleepovers and like sports events and whatnot. And you're talking about girls and you're talking about what it's like to be with girls, but you're also talking about what it means to be a man and mm. who your role models are as men. And unfortunately, a lot of people have like really trashy role models. Okay. Or maybe they're not thinking or being. So like when I was with my friends growing up, not that we were super special. I definitely dogged on boys and dogged on women in the past. Like, Yeah. No, like we were all at some point just yeah. trash. Like full frontal. Like even when I was early in college, um, this is a little tangent. Love it. I got really depressed for a while. Oh, so sorry. I spoke too soon. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, love that. Great. <laughs> love the depression. Loving the sadness. It's yes. the best. And I would go to different internet forums, not the best ones. And I got into men's right activist stuff. Like I started buying into it. Oh, interesting. Bit. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of the resentment and a lot of the uh, depression was catching up. And uh, all of that came to a head after I went on the worst date I have ever had. In high school? This was in college. Oh, oh, this okay. This was in college. So okay. this was a bit later. Oh. So you've got like all of the, the momentum. You know, you're being built up all through college, or built up all through high school. You gotta apply, you gotta do well, you gotta do the thing, you gotta go with your friends to do the thing. And everyone gets their own major and they start going on their own way. So anyways, it was a Valentine's Day date. And it was with a person I had had a class with before. And she was pretty cool, like she liked me. And this okay. was when I was still just an art major. And um, So wait, how old were you? Probably like 22. Like a really fresh 22. Okay. Yeah. And how old are you now? I'm going to be 28. Okay. Yeah. So like, we talk, we flirt, I make her a little card and stuff. It's very cute. Yeah, it's very fun, you know? It, it seems like all the prospects for a very nice date. So it's your first date though? With her, yes. Okay. That's a bold move. What do you mean? For the Valentine's Day? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a sucker for that stuff. Yeah. I A lot of people will talk about, I don't like Valentine's Day because I have to spend all this money on a Hallmark. Like, no. No. <laughs> you make Valentine's Day exactly what you want it to be. Yeah. If it's going to be steak and blowjobs, or like <laughs> howling at the moon, or just like watching horror films, or making cookies all night, and then getting drunk on Moscato. Like, that's what Valentine's Day should be. Okay. Yes. Mood. Yes. Loving that. Live it, love it. Live it, love it. Live Hashtag love it, love it. Live, love, it. <laughs> live, love, love. But uh, we go out and I am nervous. I am so afraid. And um, we're probably 30 minutes and I've already pounded two pints. Okay. Two pints of like a porter. Why? Like, Why? had you not dated a lot? Or like, was this girl like a dream girl? Or like... She was very cute, and okay. she was in art, 
and I liked where she was taking all of her art and what she wanted to do with it for the rest of her life. Mm. And I, and primarily, I thought she was really cute. Like mm-hmm. I dug her, and I get super nervous around girls I'm really into. Okay. So like, thank God, I have right. a fiance now. Bam, so bam, I can bam. Just like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm like, chill the fuck out. Yeah. It helps. She still makes me nervous. I miss her so much. <laughs> oh, that's right now. so cute. Ah. She's gone. She's out of state. Anyways. She's been gone for like a day and you miss her. That's the cutest thing. I'm going to have to sleep in an empty bed with two cats. Do you really want to talk to me about that or no? Because like that's my whole life. So I don't feel bad for you. Yes, you know? but I don't think it will fit the topic today. But we'll get back to that. No. We'll it's okay. I was just being an asshole. <laughs> Yeah. I just okay. have zero sympathy for you, but that's very cute. That's very cute. I have spent many nights lonely on a bed. Thank I'm not lonely. Much. I have my whole bed. I roll <laughs> as, around. And she sideways the entire living room. starfish style. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm weeping. Go when ahead. I, when I used to be by myself, I would sleep completely diagonal. I, I actually don't. Whole bed. It's really sad. I so sleep like nice. on the left side of the bed. Like only. Like in the deepest... Uh, the deepest part of my depression back a few, like a uh, handful of years ago, there was a night where I fell asleep and I woke up because the beer I was holding, I, I just let it go and it went <laughs> all through oh, my, fuck. the, the spongy top, the, the foam no. topper. Yeah. Had to fucking clean that in the middle of the night. <laughs> had to clean all my goddamn sheets in the middle of the night. And my roommates are still up, and they didn't say anything. Thank that God, is... Because that was sad as fuck. A nightmare. No. That but, sucks. I'm so sorry I interrupted you, but... but not as bad as this first date. Ooh. I would sleep in a ton Roasted. more beer beds <laughs> than what I did. So we go... It's on Southgate oh, Street. Oh, you did something. Oh, it was me. It was Oh, me. I just assumed she was a bitch. No, she was very nice. Solidarity, though. And then, like, holy I am loyal. Fuck. <laughs> to my guests <laughs> I was like fuck that girl everybody take a note but we go and I slam these two pints and like she must be able to tell cause I'm having trouble figuring out what I'm trying to say I'm getting a little bit tongue tied and then I just start with the classic you know you know Cheyenne I think there are jobs that men work a little bit harder at and women, I don't think they work as hard. <laughs> oh. You know when men work in the mine? <laughs> and then women are just secretaries? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. That's a hard stance. It's a dumb stance. Yeah. It's really well. stupid. We can talk about, like, socioeconomic politics any other time. But, um... Hot. For the purpose of the story. No, totally ruining that date. And I just kept going on with this bullshit. And she stayed. She was kind of trapped because I drove her there. That's the worst part. <laughs> That's called playing yourself. If she had listened to first date ideas, she would have known better. <laughs> she, you know. But yeah. And I did the worst thing. Like, I just, I just kept kind of egging it on. Did she argue with you? No, she was in quiet resignment. Oh, she was just, like, didn't even care enough about you to argue. Oh, she never returned any of my texts or calls (laughs) afterwards. Like, um, I just kept saying dumb shit. I wish I could remember everything I said. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of glad I don't. Don't, yeah. 
Um, but maybe you can, like, no, that's not appropriate. You're engaged. But I was going to say, maybe you could, like, send her this episode and she will know, <laughs> <laughs> she'll know that you're, like, you've grown. That's like six years ago. Yeah. No, I would much rather, she's doing her thing. She's yeah. probably happy. She doesn't need that memory. No. If she comes across Oh, she definitely life, remembers. Fuck yeah, she does. <laughs> but. I'm the worst creepy dude. <laughs> but I, I was talking um, on an episode that as we're recording hasn't come out yet, but will come mm-hmm. out tomorrow. And um, I am fucking up the whole like the veil, the magical veil. People think this is just a live streaming. It's not. <laughs> I do it weeks what? ahead of time. No, the magic uh. is destroyed. Um, but I was talking to my friend Rita yes. about um, like call out culture essentially, and that's scary. The idea that like anything we've ever done we like could be absolutely persecuted for and like in a way there are things that certain people do that absolutely like need justice but in terms of like saying bad things that you know aren't violent but are just like very misguided we just Mm -hmm. from where we stand like believe that we need to have a little grace for each other and at least approach people from a place of like hey do you still think that men are a lot better than women? And if you're like, yeah, then, <laughs> then we could be like, hey, um, you're the worst. But with his no a lot shirt time, backwards hat, people are just like, absolutely not. I was the worst. Drunk then. and yeah. nervous and depressed and misguided. It's right. a lot. These are never excuses. I think that's no. what's important. When you are apologizing to someone, at least for me, um, I want to tell them reasons. I want to explain it. And then I always let them know, these are not excuses. And, like, I want you to know that. I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm taking it to heart, and I am sorry. Yeah. Because I think it's much easier to figure out somebody and accept their apology. Hello, Mr. Hey, Kitty. For you. It's a lot easier to accept their apology when you know that uh, they were thinking about why they were wrong and what their motivations were. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, big Mama's boy. Um, <laughs> it's nice to finally see him. To know who's been on this table. Tell me, was there any more to your story about like being in high school and really sort of determining like what sets boys apart from men? Yeah. Um, some of it would probably be misguided teachers, uh, mentors. There's this... Um, there's this author I really like. His name's Chuck Palahniuk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people know about him from Fight Club fame. He does a lot of really, really good, hard, spooky, truthful writing. But he was talking about this theory, and I don't remember if he's the one that made it up. I'm pretty sure he's quoting somebody. About men have two fathers growing up, or boys have two fathers growing up. They have their biological dad. And then they have their second father. That's the one they choose. So let's say you really got into judo. Your second father would be your sensei. You know, your master. Or if you really get into carpentry. Or like, you know, you had a boy scout master. That would be your second father. That one's really informative to who you're going to become as a man. Because ever since I can remember as being little... And like asterisks, I'm the child of uh, a single mother. So a single mother. Mm-hmm. Single okay. mother. So really early on, 
I decided I'm going to be the man of the house. Okay. You have siblings? Yeah, I have one younger brother. Okay. We're both doing good, by the way, everyone. It'll happen. You can do well. (laughs) Single parents do work out. Shouts out to moms. (laughs) Big ups to moms. But um, this was especially true for me. Every time I was going into a new... um, a new sport or I was taking up um, art for the first time, really listening to my teacher's feedbacks, those people really did start becoming father figures. Mm. And that's probably a little more extreme for someone who didn't grow up with a father. Sure. But someone with a dad, like you were going to pick that second person. Interesting. So this sounds really positive, right? I don't know. Look, I like to imagine. I like, I'm a hopeful pessimist. I like to imagine things will be good and you can do well. Sure. But imagine you do end up getting someone like the football coach who just leers at people for too long or is really into um, winning culture. Winning Mm. culture at uh, like no holds bar, all cost. You are going to win. You are going to do the best. um, And they're not worrying about things like dignity or self-respect or respect for other players sure start calling out names especially here in the south like i don't care what anybody says on a sports team uh racial things are always a big deal yeah that's just how it is it doesn't matter if you're on basketball or football or crew or baseball or tennis where i grew up it's common to see white people it's common to see black people ish and it's even less common to see hispanics you will see them a lot but they do get uh, treated differently. Mm. Even if they're, you're especially not sure of it as a younger kid. Mm-hmm. So you have to grow up with that and you have to start seeing, hopefully, um, I think this is something, in my experience, a lot of men have not had the wonderful experience that it is to be with your friends and stand outside all night long and then just talk. Just stare at the stars or mm-hmm. stand under a lamppost and just really talk, honestly talk about your feelings. Yeah. Talk about how uh, Christy in Homeroom is like super, super cute. She's been wearing that tank top because it's getting close to May and it's just doing something for you. But yeah. You, you cannot talk to her. Can't show those shoulders, girl. Mm-hmm. You gotta serve your brothers mm-hmm. in Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this whore. <laughs> But yeah, just being too chicken shit to talk to a girl or even talking about like what it's like to visit your mom on weekends and then live with your dad all day. Yeah. That stuff's kind of weird. Do you feel like you had the opportunity to do that with your friends? Like talk about your feelings with your friends? Constantly. Yeah. That's great. I used to worry actually about my masculinity. I didn't know if I was, for a little bit I also, I honestly worried if I was gay. Mm, Because you were comfortable talking about your feelings. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I grew up, like, you beat your friends up, your friends beat you up, everybody has a good time. But a lot of things I watched, boys were supposed to go on harrowing adventures. Mm. And then, you know, they'd get treasure, or they'd get a girl, or they would get strength. But it was never strength of character. It was never strength in oneself. That's so interesting. Right? That's... 
actually very true and I've never really thought about it because I've always been too busy being angry that the woman needs (laughs) to be saved she's a literal trophy (laughs) well yeah I mean I'm like I'm so pissed that all this woman gets to do is be saved yeah but frankly I mean that's such a fair point that like all the man gets to do is save a woman yeah, that's your your purpose is literally to save a woman who is an object. And once you save her, that will fulfill your life. Wow. Think about that. I've never thought about that. That's fucked up. You're not teaching any kind of life lesson. All you're saying is do well, do it hard, do it fast, get the thing. Everyone will love you. There will be lots of applause. Get the girl and then your life will be great. Yeah. And then... Mm, that's why that's good stuff mm. i mean that is wow i've never even thought about that i'm literally covered in cat hair <laughs> or, that is called glitter <laughs> no we outfit... call it a condiment here yes. no outfit is complete with a little bit of cat hair so how did you deal with that feeling like so did you did you feel like your friends were not were they, were they like receptive to hearing you talk about your feelings? Did they like, did they do the same with you? Yes. Yeah. But remember, this is through the lens of like high school boys. I don't know if I can say this word on the podcast. You can say whatever you want. Okay. We, we don't it... usually say like cunt a lot, but if you want to, you can do that one too. We called each other faggot a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Every, cause if something was dumb, it was gay, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. he's being queer, he's being a fag. And uh, I remember that uh, sometimes that would really hurt. Mm. And there was no honest way to talk about that. Yeah. And then your friends would be like, why did, why did that bother you so much? And then luckily with my friends, um, you could sit down and talk. It wasn't incredibly articulate. Um, it could just be really based. But eventually it was just like, you hurt my feelings. Yeah. And I love you, and I wish you wouldn't hurt my feelings. Yeah, and I mean, that's a whole other conversation, too, because I feel like even when I was in high school, that was very common language, just to be kind of mm-hmm. like anything that wasn't cool was gay. Oh, I have... Which is such a huge, huge, massive problem, and yeah. as I, like, consider myself someone who tries every day to be, like, the best ally to the LGBT yeah. community that I can, and it's really heartbreaking even knowing that like i've said that mm-hmm. and i've said it a lot it wasn't anything that i ever i didn't grow up like thinking i mean even though we grew up in the bible belt and i don't want to totally just derail this conversation but like i didn't grow up thinking it was wrong to be gay even though i like heard that in the pulpit I, I, and everything I, I never thought that and that wasn't like a narrative i heard at home or anything but i didn't even like notice that connection that like that's not okay you know Mm -hmm. i have family that i i deeply love they're beautiful wonderful people they're beautiful they're the best people oh my god but um yeah they're homosexuals like they're gay and um i remember like reading through old okay so remember like call out culture yes clapping back and shit yes every single morning I wake up, I open my phone, I turn off my alarm, I sit up, I go on to On This Day on Facebook, and I look at my old shit. Because every day I'm afraid I'm going to find something. Wow. I'm trying to clear out that history. Like, if something's dumb, that's okay. Yeah. But if I was quoting rap lyrics, and a lot of stuff I liked was DMX, 
I have found places that had, you know, the N-word. Oh, yeah. And I'm just, I'm just a 16, 17-year-old boy quoting DMX. Yeah. Still not cool. No. That is not acceptable behavior. No. And I've seen stuff where I've had family members like, I wish you would just stop calling everything you hate gay. Mm Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I mean... I deleted like 2008 through 2014 <laughs> for a reason. Yeah, like a no one idea. needed that. I didn't understand first of all like what Facebook was as a platform oh, and yeah. started all of my statuses with Parents his. didn't used to be on it. No. Remember it was like no, they didn't. Cheyenne Absolutely. is and then you would I'd be like fucking John with suburbia. <laughs> and then <laughs> I would stuff like I would post Adam like Adam is down for butt sex. <laughs> <laughs> that was like my earliest 2008 stuff. Oh my stuff. god. I was literally just post like. I, I was a virgin. Who gave me permission? I hadn't to even post had a hand job yet. And kissed like two girls. <laughs> He's down for butt sex. Oh my god. Okay. I mean, you probably would have been, but like, you know, we don't no, need to. No, I would have seen a butt and then that would have been it. <laughs> and then I would have had to say goodbye, goodbye. and clean myself up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my See god. See Amy. Oh my god. Yeah, I didn't even, like, I don't know who gave me permission to even be allowed on the internet because, well, I had no, (laughs) I had absolutely zero parental guidance, which explains, like, a lot about who I am as a person. But, like, my entire top eight on MySpace was, like, all of all time low. (laughs) And then, like, Tom, just so that, like, my Mm -hmm. friends would get pissed. And then, like, three girls that I would, like, rotate their order just to, like, stir the pot. Oh, you know what my favorite was? Keep family number one, girlfriend second. Girlfriend never hit top one. Ooh, hardcore. Yeah, yeah I like that. Brother number one, girlfriend number two. And everyone else, that top ranking. Fuck them. And I think I only ever kept a top ten. I try to keep it less maybe. I always had an eight. And like literally one through four was just all time low. What were you, did you have a background or did you have uh-huh. colors oh. with, what did you do? Don't even worry about it because I had a whole theme. <laughs> I had one of those ones. We all used to know how to code. MySpace was trying to like prepare us for the workforce. I just copied HTML code. That's all I ever did. Well, I edited it. I guess you're right. And then now I see that and I'm like, I'm not a nerd. I don't know what that is. We really should have just become software developers. We all could have been. Tom was trying to help us this out. He was like, women who code. Um, (laughs) It used to be that way. Yeah. Used to be primarily, it was like over 50% of women. I mean, over 50% of coders were women. Really? Yes. Oh. Then. Changes. Zuckerberg fucked it up. Um, hot take. <laughs> Blame the robot man. Yeah, truly, he's a lizard. Have you seen his knees? They Weird. I didn't the wrong think way. you would say knees. I would I, think about the sweaty, cold, Literally, they bend the wrong way. I'll show you a photo. Don't, <laughs> don't fret. They bend the wrong way when he walks. This reminds me like, of those. Could it be photoshopped? I don't care. Remember the videos where people would post, now look at President Obama blink and see how his <laughs> eyes blink sideways instead of top down. He's a lizard. He's a Kenyan Muslim lizard. Um, no, but do you, li- we're going to have, oh, we're going to, we have so many things we talk about, but yes. this is totally off topic, but just real quick, have hmm. you heard of the, um, Pegasus project? Project Pegasus. Project Pegasus. You started saying peg and I. I was thinking something else, but no. go on. Project Pegasus. Mm-hmm. There, it's a whole thing. No. Go down the wormhole. It sounds But familiar. apparently, like, all... It's time travel. 
Good. And they've been doing it since, like, the 70s. Mm -hmm. And, like, all presidents are predetermined, and they're, like... Sounds familiar. This sounds like some blue book. And Obama is, like, definitely not really named Obama. And he, like... Barack Hussein, not my president. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's not even like that, but, like... (laughs) His name's like Barry or something, and they like Barry. picked him because they saw him as a president in the past, and they went, "Listen, this Barry. is not a conspiracy Black podcast, man is a parent. unfortunately." But if you, listeners of Brat Life, if hello. you would like a conspiracy side podcast, ooh, please let us know. Please comment and like. Yeah, please just actually email me about yes. anything. I just want an email. I just want an yes. email. Yes, and um, Adam and Cheyenne will be happy to review. Look at that. Let me see. No, that's like that funky picture of John Lennon. I don't walking. care have for you, it. Have you seen that picture of John Lennon? Funky walking? Funky walking, no. Oh, it's terrible. My favorite comment on that is someone said he deserved to be shot. After that <laughs> oh my God. I mean, uh, like Chris Rock says... It's not right, but I understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am the worst, you know. So I didn't ever define toxic masculinity, but here we go. So, yeah, please. you know, 33 minutes in. Terry Cooper's, I don't know him. Cuppers? I don't either. Um, you know, Terry Cooper's defines toxic masculinity as the constellation of socially regressive male traits that serve to foster domination the devaluation of women, homophobia, and wanton violence. Wanton violence. I'm glad you reread that because I had been thinking about that when you sent me the outline. Um, I'm so sorry. It's not funny. (laughs) It's not funny. I just remembered my favorite podcast is And That's Why We Drink and one of the hosts, M. Uh-huh. Pronounced wanton as wanton. <laughs> <laughs> and they like will not let them live it down. And I'm obsessed. <laughs> and I almost said wanton violence. <laughs> oh, that was just an inside joke in my brain that I had to share with Toxic someone. masculinity is about power, homosexuality, <laughs> and wanton violence. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Because it really is. It's about um, you need the power. You need the power over others. Mm. You need it over your fellow men. Um, I'm just saying men, but like a lot of this is bred in really young. You'll see this in bully culture all the way into like um, grade school. Mm. It's not as bad then. I think that's like stuff that can be nipped in the bud. Like um, timeouts and stuff and talks with parents should probably figure that out, I think. but once... Can you expand on that? Um trying to remember of instances that I was ever bullied or bullied in elementary school. I bit a kid once because he (laughs) wanted to play with Legos, but I was playing with them. Yeah, fuck that kid. (laughs) And and I got uh, punished, which is appropriate. You can't go around fucking biting people Mm. because he wants your goddamn Legos. And you're like, no, 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 no. It's my turn. (laughs) Okay, let go. Lego my Legos. Lego my Legos. (laughs) As they say. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, woof. Yes. I was bullied, like, to fuck. Like, I was bullied so hard. But I was cyberbullied. Yeah, it never happened to me. I was... I had these one kids... The, these two group of kids, the worst I ever got bullied, they said I called them the N-word. Mm. And um, I was like, no, 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 no. 
no, well, no, 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 no. Let me let me back up. Okay. Um, there was this kid. I won't say his name. I'll make up a name. Um, uh, we'll call him like Marvin. You know, like Marvin Gay. So okay. Marvin, Marvin, and his friend um, Darius. Marvin and Darius. Marvin said I called him the N word, and okay. he he must have told a teacher because eventually he got to the principal. And I got pulled into the principal's office one day, and there is Marvin. And I'm told that Marvin told the principal that I called him the N-word. And I broke down into tears. And that was hard. Like, I cried. Aww. I cried the whole time. I mean, it's, it's okay. But that was, like, weird. Because I hadn't even heard of the N-word at that time. That was, like, the only time I can really think about maybe being bullied. Because we were constantly, like, picking on each other. Oh. We were always getting each other in trouble with the teachers. So you had never heard that word? Not in fifth grade, no. And did you, I mean, how, they like. Had to, they had to explain it to me. Oh, that's why they, you, like, cried and knew it was bad? That's how they knew that, like, there's no way this kid did it. Hmm. This kid doesn't even know what it is. Like, we were definitely, like, we had a constant, like, bullying each other rivalry. Mm-hmm. From what I can remember, again, like, fifth grade, you're, like, what, like, eight years old? No. Or, how old are you in fifth grade? I was, like, seven in first grade, so, like, 12. Yeah, 12. Like, that's a long time. I'm twice that age now. But, again, like, primarily, I've just not been bullied that much. Mm. I've actually done bullying. Mm. Yeah, and I feel bad about that. It's not a good feeling. I guess for some people. Why did you do it then? Power. Definitely power. Did it work? Uh, in the moment. In the moment, you feel strong. Uh, a lot of the times when I was bullying, I was doing it with friends. It was a thing to do. Mm. It's uh, it's that quote-unquote, boys will be boys. Yeah. That's just an excuse for boys to run rampant and be out of control and receive no kind of punishment. They don't get any kind of repercussion and that's just not okay i don't think that would happen uh in my house but not in my house babe. not in my house um whoop somebody's ass <laughs> but we'll see i'm sure my kids will fuck up and then i'll have to verbally lash them and i'll yeah. probably have to give a couple spankings okay yeah. i mean it <laughs> Yikes. Um, I was going to make a joke, and then I was like, that's not a problem. Because <laughs> um, I do not know your fiancé that well. But um, do, do you feel like, um, was there a moment where, like, you said you kind of struggled with, you struggled with, like, kind of being a bully and being bullied and at the same time being very, like, sensitive and having a lot of emotions? And what is kind of the moment where you felt, a shift where you were like, I want to, you know, maybe not post horrid things. That's my Facebook status. And maybe like try to be a better person. And even in college, you said you had some like stances that you don't agree with anymore. Do you mm -hmm. feel like that was an intentional shift you had to make or was it more gradual just as you continue to learn? I do not believe I've ever made one specific, uh, change in my life mm. that led to who I am today. Like, there must be some big ones. I just don't remember them. Sure. But for the most part, a lot of it's been like, oh, I don't know. And some of that to to toxic masculinity thing that I don't think that covered is um, 
rape culture. Mm. Like, it was common to say, uh, like, rape jokes. Yeah. Or, like, you're playing a game, like, oh, this fucking faggot, I can't believe him. I'm just going to rape him. Like, we're just going to rape this whole team. We're just going to fucking murder and rape this whole team. Yeah. Not a big deal. That's just how you would talk while you were playing Call of Duty. Yeah. You know? And, um, fortunately, as I've gotten older and had to interact with more people, I've realized these are not okay things to say. Uh, I've had jobs where if you ever work any kind of customer service, number one, you're going to learn to really hate people. (laughs) Customer service blows. But number two, I do think um, those jobs do teach you how to be humble in front of somebody. They're very character building. Mm, Because they will break you if you can't last. Oh, yeah. You'll be out. Like, you'll just quit for fucking first week. Yeah. If you can do customer service for a year plus... You understand how to get into that zen, humble mindfulness. You might go home and, like, pound a whole Bud Light and then, like, (laughs) take a huge toke and then just pet your cats and watch the joy of painting. You know, (laughs) just decompress however you can. But, um... But you have to. Or you'll be legit crying at work. Oh, and you can't do that? No, you gotta wait I mean, I've you definitely get... done that. I do that a lot, actually. My boss is like, uh, she cries at work. Um, but ideally, it's not great. No, the only time I've ever cried at work was uh, because of interpersonal relationships with the... That's a weird way to say dating somebody. I was dating somebody and they cheated on me. At work? Like you were no. dating a coworker? No, it's oh, worse oh, than oh, that. Oh, worse oh, than oh, that. Oh, oh. I was doing this job where I was delivering medicines to people. And I don't want to say a whole lot because I don't want to... Sure. The company was fine. But I was delivering medicines to people. And the girl that I was dating cheated on me with her coworker who happened to be a patient. So I was what? I was literally bringing, I'm not shitting you, life-saving medication to a person who had fucked my girlfriend. Oh my god. Oh my god. I didn't kill him. I didn't hurt him. (laughs) I never cursed at him, but he never looked me in the eye. He couldn't do it. He knew, though. He knew that you were dating. Yeah. The worst. Yeah, he knew. That is tragic. I'm so sorry. I don't even know how we got on that subject, but I don't love that journey for you. We were talking... Oh, I can can round us back. So we were talking about um, the threats and the power that you need to sustain over people to keep up that toxic masculine uh, like bravado that culture the Mm. thing that really keeps you going like Mm -hmm. you need to put other people down Um, competitive nature can do that I don't think every competitive sport will always do that there's Mm -hmm. such a good thing as um, a healthy competition sure Mm -hmm. I was listening to this podcast where this um, this person used to be a woman and they were like what someone might call radical, like leftist okay. today, just super progressive, super loud, super f- quote unquote feminist in the bad way, I mean. And um, they were a lesbian, super butch, always into women, never felt like they were truly who they were. Then they started transitioning from man to woman. Mm. So as he was finally transitioning and he was receiving all of his hormone therapies and treatments he was given enough testosterone to basically go through puberty so i'm sorry it's a transgender man 
Transgender. Yeah, I believe that's what that means. So. Because a woman transitions into a man, so he's a yes, tra- he yes, is a transgender yes. man. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Good. One same thing. Just want to make sure. So as he was going through those hormone treatments, he was going through super puberty. Okay. He was getting crazy amounts of testosterone. And the way, and I love the way he describes this, not because of, well, you all understand. He said all of a sudden he went from respecting women and understanding women to immediately objectifying women, mm. seeing them as sexual objects to either um, to use for his own needs and his own outlets or to like conquer over. Or he was looking to assert power and dominance over people. Interesting. And that was just puberty. Yeah. And he went through super puberty. Like, I think we have a really hard time teaching boys not to rape, not to look, not to fondle, not to grope. We tell girls they need to be careful and they need to watch out. And you need to watch how you dress and make sure your skirt doesn't go past your fingertips when your arms are straight. But no one ever says, hey, little Billy... Don't go fucking rape a cheerleader. Yeah. That's, I believe that's also playing into it. It's like not a conversation that happens No one most ev- young boys. No one ever told me not to rape. No one in my whole life sat me down and grabbed me by the shoulders and said, Adam, you like girls, but you can't just fucking rape them. Yeah. No one said that. I mean, did you have a like no means no conversation? I think it was just up in the air. Like, I think I understood because I was so nervous of women, I wanted to be as safe as possible sure. in all of my advances. Because I knew if I was weird or a creep, they'd run away. Yeah. So I only understood it from the game theory aspect. I okay. didn't understand it from the human aspect. What that's is, interesting. Right? These are things you can only learn as difficult. you difficult. And I think, like, great that you were at least there, but still maybe not ideal. No, I don't Because then it it's still just about you, right? Yes, it's so much about you. Um, and I'm, I'm so sorry. I hope that didn't sound like judgmental, but it's like... No, no, no. It's totally fair. And, and these are things I've thought about and talked about with my friends and even some family and just myself. Mm-hmm. Just long car rides, just working it out. Yeah. So, do you feel like... We may have kind of covered this, but I don't think really. But do you think there are any things like you personally avoid or suppress to sort of like seem a certain way or um are there certain emotions that you still don't feel comfortable embracing or is there a definition of masculinity that you impose on yourself Hmm. deep that's a cool question oh thank you i'm very cool and i read the outline Uh, (laughs) you're like shocked and i'm like i literally sent this two days ago but don't even fret um things that i suppress uh like, for me, it's my entire childhood. No, jokes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. You were like, the do I laugh? I, the do thing I laugh? that I got drunk and blacked out and ate last night, I suppressed that. No. Mm. Um, That's a mood, honestly, though, because I ate probably 4,000 calories for dinner last Jesus night. Jesus Christ. And I was like, this didn't happen. And then I got up and I left. Different thing about dieting, though. I'm doing intermittent intermittent fasting mm. don't are you eating from like 11 to 8 10 to 10 okay 
It's hard in the mornings. It's e- it's easy in the evenings. I kind of intermittent fast. Not on purpose. I'm just a garbage person. Because <laughs> <laughs> I used to just stay up. I'm like, we're going to watch X-Files and drink a case of beer and eat nothing but cookout all night. And then I'm yeah. going to wake up at one. Because I never eat breakfast. I can't. It makes me very nauseous. I used to always I can't eat drink orange juice. It'll make me throw up in the mornings. Okay. It's a very specific problem that I, I feel like it's very easy to avoid. I have a lot of acid reflux. So. Okay. That's a bitch. Do you love orange juice? In champagne. Okay. Yeah, yeah but horses. have you ever had like a, what is it, a poinsettia? What's that? Cranberry juice? Get you one, girl. Ooh, that sounds good. That's vodka good. cranberries. Every time someone's like, $2 wells, <laughs> vodka cranberry. Yeah, but you then can't do a vodka cran at brunch where people are like, are we okay? Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. It's You're brunch. like, no, we're not okay, Janet. Suck my ass. <laughs> Suck my ass as I eat all these chicken and waffles, <laughs> Janet. Oh, help. Suck my ass. Um, what? Oh, you're intermittent fasting? How's that? It's going good. I'm at a stable weight and I'm working out, so I'm feeling good. I'm doing body workouts. I mean, body. <laughs> what? I'm working out my body. <laughs> I'm just doing body weight. So push ups, sit ups, it dips. All using my body. I'm weeping. Oh, I'm doing body workouts. Honestly, that's so whole I'm doing mouth eating today. I'm butt shitting. Um. <laughs> <sighs> oh my god, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Ooh, Things ooh, of su- suppressed uh, violent <laughs> urges. Okay. Wanting to immediately, if you're mad with something, just break it. Just destroy <laughs> Smash. it. Smash. Someone makes you mad, wanting to hurt them uh, physically and emotionally. Do you think that's something that like a lot of your friends deal with too? or They must. They uh, must. To varying degrees, yeah. <laughs> We're all millennial dudes. Everything's up. Everything's upside down and fucked. It's all bad. You really got me going. (laughs) (laughs) She's in tears. Uh, They must. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. But uh, How do you... I mean... (laughs) (laughs) By working out my body. That's how. (laughs) Do your body workouts. (laughs) I stand in front of the mirror and I peck dance until I'm tired. Oh, no one's ever made me cry on the podcast before, so this is new. Cool, cool. Congrats. <laughs> oh, man, I probably look like a raccoon. Um, One thing that helped me. <laughs> I'm so Get sorry. I'm so Get sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just... I pulled myself together. Okay. I am so sorry. I just was, was on. That really got you. It really got me going. <laughs> Woo. Okay. You suppress your anger with body workouts. And. And. Um, so there's this book that one of my cousins lent to me. Um, or actually told me about it. And this might not work for all of your viewers. What is the demographic? Who is, is well, they're probably... listeners, but... Listen, shit. Yeah. I'm just being an asshole With your again. Ear I'm so sorry. Viewers. Um, I mean, mostly millennial women, That's but millennial we love women. men. Okay. That's like my number one problem. I still give this advice to everyone. Great. It's just typically the people who are asking me, "What did you do to make your life turn around and feel better about your feelings?" Like me. 
Yes. 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 A lot of them are my friends, and a lot of those friends typically are dudes. I love women. I love talking to women. I've always loved having women friends. Uh, some of my favorite relationships and talks I've ever had have been with ladies. It just happens, and I'm friends with men a lot. Whatever. I don't know why I'm justifying myself right now. Anyways. Yes. One of the things that I read that really helped me was called The Five Rings. Okay. It's this book. You can get a PDF of it. It's like, I'll link it below. It's like 26 pages, and um, bear with me. Okay. It's about this samurai from a long time ago named Miyamoto Musashi. He never lost a fight. Same. Same. Yes, same. He never lost a fight. <laughs> no. Fuck those bitches. But I've... I really liked what he had to write because he's extrapolating a lot of life lessons through things that he has learned and a lot of that is that warrior poet warrior philosopher deal and one of the things he talks about that was really good were the three moods oh it's a real samurai mm-hmm. oh, okay. he's, he's incredibly famous oh oh yes this ain't no joke Cheyenne. oh no i thought it was fiction but then i'm on board now i didn't build my life just on fiction just a lot of it I'm so sorry. <laughs> but uh, he talks about these three moods. No joke. Uh, there's a high mood, a middle mood, and a low mood. Okay. High mood, um, that's like power and strength. That's decisiveness. Um, the only way to counter something like that would to become at it. To be coming at it with um, a low mood. That's something that's quicker. You're not going to hit as sh- uh, deep, but it's going to be more shallow and fast. Um, and then the middle could counter either or. It's about being more balanced and focused. But essentially what he's saying is you can take somebody's strengths and you can either match them or you can find uh, the weakness within that strength and then you can uh, undermine it. Mm. So we're just talking about fighting people and opposing forces outside yourself. Well, you can apply that same type of discipline and uh, learnedness to yourself as well. Like, reading that book helped me, and it got me into uh, meditation. You know, finding your word, finding your power word. Om is honestly really helpful. Om will work. There are many other chants, and I would Google them. I would YouTube them. They're very nice. But Om will work for you. Okay. It can help you find that centeredness. Uh, for me personally and I think it's different for everyone I would just sit outside when it's dark and it's cold Mm. I'd wear a few clothes so just my jammies and I would just sit there and honest to god I got into really deep mindscapes I was seeing sounds cheesy I was seeing past my own eyes was falling into my own consciousness finding that kind of zen finding that kind of self-centeredness I feel will be the first step to helping you make a much better decision about where you want to take your life. Wow, that's really cool. After reading this book, after meditating, I got into swing dancing. Yes, I forgot that you did that. That's how I met my fiance. Uh, That's how I learned to dance. mm -hmm. That's how I've made friends with people who have enriched my life and have taught me even better lessons and what it means to... uh, speak to somebody no matter who they are 
I've become more humbled, more respectful. Um, I'm no longer afraid of contacting people. Sounds weird, right? Like, when I was younger, flirting with a girl, like, even holding her hand was really hard. Mm. Like, when I, when I was started dating my fiancé on our first date, when I grabbed her hand, my whole body just lit up with electricity. Oh, yeah. oh that's very sweet. <laughs> Oof. Which That's is very... which is wonderful. You can't feel that with everyone. Right. So a lot of the feelings I would get from accidentally touching someone is almost like a repulsive. Mm. Like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Why would I ever... Um... Well, that is... You were talking, I think, before we started recording about being like very empathetic. And that's like a yeah. thing a lot of empaths deal with. And some of it, though, is... Um, if you were to meet someone and not know anything about them... If you start acting a certain way towards them, you will feel a certain mood from them. Mm -hmm. And what you need to realize is people often are mirrors. Oh, yes. Which just, you know, it's the, the same old saying, what you put out there is what you get back. You come aggressive, people will seem defensive and aggressive. Yeah. Even if they're not. They may be cool as a cucumber, but... You're putting that out, and it's coming right back at you. Yeah, and, like, on the other side of that, sometimes if you try to mirror people, they'll get, like, defensive. Mm. (laughs) And, um, you know, you never want... I mean, at least I never want to, like, start conflict on purpose. No. Um, no. But sometimes if you treat people the way they're treating you, they get very upset. (laughs) That's (laughs) because they're seeing it. They're seeing it in action. Um, And that's not really how I live my life. But it's just, like, true, it happens. Um, And something I've actually been working on is, like, more actively being a mirror in some cases. Because I struggle with the opposite problem of, like, my therapist was like, hey, what if, um, just a thought, uh, you didn't say every thought you had out loud. (laughs) And I was like, "Mm, I don't know, it just doesn't sound like that's for me, but I will try it. And she was like, sometimes you can just kind of, like, take in what you're hearing and kind of like hold that emotion in your mouth Mm -hmm. without Mm -hmm. like releasing it and i was like oh that is pretty powerful because i didn't really know that was an option (laughs) active listening's hard a lot of the times you're told just wait then talk Mm -hmm. not listen then respond Mm -hmm. that's something that i'm not sure you can exactly be taught you might have to be shamed into it You must teach yourself eventually. Um, But uh, the other point I was making was, um, like, the self-betterment, even through the dance scene. I learned what it's like to touch and hold and lead other people. That Mm -hmm. I may have... These people might be strangers. I might be dancing with someone from Ohio or Portland or Canada, and I don't know them. But in that moment... Uh, as a lead, there are two positions in swing dance. There's lead and follow, and lead just leads the dance, and follow makes the dance look good. Um, sure. Traditionally, man lead, woman follow. Doesn't matter anymore. Um, you can touch these people. You can hold them. You can uh, dance with them. And then it, as soon as the dance is over, you just smile. You say thank you. You turn to the band. 
you you wave, you scream, you yell, you have a good time, and that's it. Yeah. I think that's one of the scariest things about what is happening to a lot of, as a man, um, to men today. They are isolated. They are behind their computers. They aren't getting out. They're believing their life is shit. They're going to eat shit, breathe shit, die shit. They'll never touch a person. And then as soon as they get in that mindset, the only way to make themselves feel better is to exert power over people. Mm. So now women, you don't even call them women. I've read all these weird terms incels have used. For people who don't know, incel means uh, involuntary celibacy. Mm. These people have taken something which, I mean, celibacy in its own right, I think is actually honorable. Like, you're going for a very specific goal, go you. That's probably good. Yes. Yeah, hell yeah. But these people have taken it and malformed it and put so much animosity and hate and self-loathingness in it that they're making all these weird terms for women to put them down and to, like... Like, you can read about people saying they're going to go on dates with women just to insult them. Wow. Yeah. Like, these are the people that are the most affected by toxic masculinity. And it's like... I know you can get better. It scares me that there are people out there like that. But if you can get to the point in your life where you can talk to somebody and just, like hug them or shake their hand or dance with them and then it doesn't mean anything other than uh respect respectable warm human contact like we all need yes um like that's where we should be yeah you should yeah you should be okay touching people in a respectable respectable manner yeah because uh we all need that we really do we need hugs high fives maybe a little kiss on the cheek like the old European ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I really don't mean to make this about me, but it's my <laughs> podcast. Yes. Um, I mean, it's interesting that you brought that up because that's actually something I've been struggling with this week because I don't do have... I don't have a family here. Um, my father passed away and my mom's I'm not so in my sorry. life. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, but it's okay. Um, I have a brother and he lives in another country. Yeah. And I have a sister, but she lives five hours away. And I was talking to my therapist and I was like, there are sometimes like weeks where like I have no like no human, no human physical contact at yeah. all. And I think that's why a lot of times I can get very, like, frenetic and volatile in romantic relationships because I want so badly to, like, hold on to it. And that's something I'm working on and actually getting better at. And now I'm kind of... It's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard um, because it's something that, like, I desperately want to chase, but you can't chase something like that because... You don't want to be chasing after someone that's running as fast as they can. <laughs> um, it doesn't work. I've tried it. Um, in case any of you wanted a spoiler alarm, uh, it doesn't work. Spoiler um, alarm. But, it, I mean, there there can be, like, weeks on end where I never hear, like, I love you. Even from, like, a parent or, like, a family member. Yeah. Or, like, I don't, I, I mean, if I don't initiate a hug with, like, you know, a friend, it can be a very long time. So. Yeah. 
it can feel very isolating. It is because it is. We're so, we're built for that. We really are. Yeah. Like um, I don't I don't know the faith of everybody listening tonight, but honestly, um, I, that that doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it's various. Like in the listeners. because we did grow. We all did grow to hold and touch and feel yeah. and speak and kiss and you know pluck at even taste each other like we're all supposed to know each other on intimate levels like you yeah. need to have that yeah one of the most beautiful stories i read the other day was um someone was asking uh it was on reddit someone was asking in the gay subreddit uh they were asking straight men what's the gayest thing you've ever done and the most beautiful thing i read there was it was this man who was serving in afghanistan or in the middle east um and it was just him and one of his fellow soldiers and they're just laying on their backs in the desert and they're just looking at the sky and it's just more stars than any of these boys have ever seen and one of them just reaches his hand out and he just says hold my hand oh that's so sweet and the other guy he doesn't say a thing he just holds his hand and then they talk for a while and then they just hold each other's hands like you need that yeah people just need it yeah we do yep. we really do we really do so hug your friends y'all. yes hug your hug friends. them kiss them love them if you get too drunk and you kiss them on the cheek that's okay yeah i've done it i promise they'll love you <laughs> and if they can't stand it anymore well uh they'll let you know yeah and then maybe apologize <laughs> <laughs> um the last question i really have is is there anything that you would like to see or help promote or embody in the way that like you would like to see a shift in the way masculinity is portrayed um yeah yeah i think that i think that you should honor some various tropes okay there is there is truth to some tropes that men and women do communicate differently and i don't think you should just disparage somebody for not speaking to you the way that you're normally spoken to Mm. maybe take a moment and listen um you could let them know if what they said hurt you and they could try again sure but i know i when i'm listening to my fiance i don't always exactly hear what she's saying and i might have to ask that question a couple times and i might have to be an idiot and i might even yell and it it's I'm not yelling at her. I'm just yelling because I'm frustrated. Yeah. And something I learned was um, if you are ever in a fight with somebody that you love, you know, one of your friends or, you know, family or whatever, you need to remember that you and that other person are not fighting. You were both working to solve a problem. Mm. Don't fight each other fight that problem together I've, I've diffused fights even just talking about that i've had two brothers who were yelling at each other they were like you know what you're right that's really great it sounds right. super corny but it's worked it doesn't really to me but i'm also like a corny bitch <laughs> corny bitch um so yeah that's great advice yeah i, th- I think that that's that really is it you need My to be able to talk also... to people and talk to yourself. Yeah. If you if you can 
you can never love somebody if you can't love yourself. You can't listen to somebody if you can't listen to who you are. You gotta, you know, go, go take a walk. No headphones, no nothing. Just listen. I think you can. I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before, and I just want to, like, quickly disagree with you. Yeah, go ahead. I think you can love other people if you don't love yourself. What I think is difficult to do is accept love from them. Ooh, you know? Yeah. Because I've done that. it pretty much my whole I life. I believe that. I've, I've tried to earn love pretty much my whole life and doing that through loving other people. But when they try to love me back, I don't know how mm-hmm. to accept it. Right. And that pushes them away right, eventually. Right, right, right. But it's broken. But I just wanted to say that for no, like you're right. the sake of consistency. That's cool. I'm glad you said that because I hadn't thought about that. It's easy to just it's say. It's nuance for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's easy to just listen to these and be like, I'm right because I know an axiom now. This is how it is. But yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. I also think too, I love what you said about you're not fighting them. You need to work together to fight the problem. And also, I love that. I love that so much. The way that I always looked at that, which I think is like that sort of um, piece of advice or that you know, strategy, like, light, <laughs> is, um, like, never pick the fight, like, pick the person. Never? What does that mean? So, like, don't choose the fight. Like, don't make it about winning the fight. Oh. Choose the person. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I can be like, oh, I can win this fight. <laughs> I can literally could. fucking annihilate you i'm really 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 good at arguing you probably go super fucking nuclear on their ass nuclear nuclear i used to it's how i used to operate all the time because i had to it was just like a survival strategy yeah and i needed that at one point but i used it in ways in which i didn't need it it just was all i knew how to do yeah and i decided after i ended my engagement with my fiance Mm -hmm. I decided like the next relationship I'm in I'm not going to pick the fight like I'm going to pick the person person. man I like that and I did I dated someone after that but I mean was it absolute tragedy but (laughs) I picked him every time and I mean (laughs) that wasn't necessarily wise I think that you should yeah use discretion and if the person is like trying to emotionally manipulate you you shouldn't just be like okay Love you. <laughs> How do we say, honey? Um, it's hard. It's yeah, hard. It is. I I've been in a relationship where both people were eventually just abusing each other. Sure. Yeah, like nobody came out good. No. It is very tough, and you know what? We're all doing a good job. We all just float on. We're all doing a good job as long as we keep doing, yes. we keep being. Reality's weird and slippy, but if you can be present for the most part. You're doing a good job. And it's like everything we go through is hard, but I think in a lot of ways it doesn't need to be. No, God, no. You just need to, like, (laughs) accept. I mean, which is something I'm definitely working on and something that it's not have anything to do with toxic masculinity, but you just, well, maybe it does. I think it maybe has something to do with everything, but. Toxic masculinity bleeds into both sexes, I believe. Yeah. You can see women who literally get brainwashed into thinking uh, they should be belittled and slut shamed, and they will call other women out on it. Yeah, that's well, the I power also of grew it. up in a church that talked about 
serving your husband. I don't say this very often. That's straight up patriarchy. That oh, is the patriarchy. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't say that word lightly either. I could not agree more. We could talk about that alone for probably two yeah, hours. We, could, we do a lot of things, Shane. We could. On this podcast. We just have to have you back on the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. yes. It's been so, very fun. So, thank you. Yeah. Now we have to bitch or brag. Unless you have anything you want to add. Fuck. Nah, let's do it. Okay. I mean, you definitely have something you could brag about. Brag about, yeah. But feel free to bitch. Bitch Also, bragging can also just be like something good in your life. You don't have to like, you know. It doesn't have to be like an actual brag. It can just be something you like. Like for me, I'll go. I am going to brag about the fact that I love, I know I already said this earlier in the episode, but (laughs) my favorite thing in the world right now is that Billie Eilish dropped a new album today. (laughs) And the first song of the album is just her taking out her Invisalign and being like, Oh God. And I love it. (laughs) I love it. I think it's. I can feel it in my ears. It's so So, fucking funny. So gross. (laughs) It's hilarious. And she goes, Yeah, I just took out my Invisalign. Here's the album. And I was like, That's a whole mood. A whole mood. Love that. Okay, I gotta brag. Okay. Every time I cook my fiance shakshuka, she's the happiest girl in the world. I don't know what that is. Super tasty. Super tasty North African dish. It's essentially just take some crushed tomatoes. Eggs in purgatory. Is it the same thing? Maybe. Listen and see if it works. It's crushed tomatoes and onions and bell peppers and jalapenos. Cook it down to a really nice base. Then... Uh, you're gonna use things like paprika and salt and pepper and garlic and onion powder throw on some eggs on top throw feta cheese on top throw cilantro on top put a uh, put your pan on top of that like your lid thank you Mm -hmm. let the cheese melt touch the egg so it's just a little bit resistant so you know when you cut it open it's that nice viscous gooey noise noise Yes. Noice. That's You get that's you some crispy baguette. Sugar. Fuck. That'd be, oh my god. Shock sugar on baguette. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. my brag. I just changed your life. Fuck yeah. Um, That is eggs in purgatory. Mm. I just call it the trash thing. The trash. <laughs> <laughs> the trash name for it. Um, Yours is much Shock better. Shock Yeah. Um, so, do you have a song? Yeah. I was, I've been so listening to this has to never a, been done before. Really? Yeah. Really? I've listened to a couple of these. I don't care what people's opinions are on the song of the week, but <laughs> I will let you give one because you oh, are so excited yeah. about it. So I'm a, I'm a boy that has slowly turned into a man who has grown up in East Tennessee his whole life. Okay. Uh, hated rap, then liked rap, then was only into screamo metal, and Same. I have... I have spread. I have become better in my musical tastes. And there's this artist I really like. You guys probably have heard of him once or twice. His name is Aesop Rock. A-E-S-O-P. He came out with this album a bit ago called... uh, The Impossible Kid in 2016. And on this album is this track called Rabies. Oh my god, y'all. It's just him talking about the dirty south and living in the woods and how fucked up it is. <laughs> Dang. He, yeah, he spent like about a year. He rented out some busted ass cabins built into a farmhouse 
and he just lived in the sticks with these fucking rednecks and he wrote a rap about it and it's amazing so Whoa. please listen to rabies i will add it to the brat life playlist thank you thank that was you great. this I, has been wonderful yeah um i was gonna give a song recommendation but i'm not even i'm just gonna save it because cool. that was so great um cool. i can't wait to listen to it Listen, y'all know the drill. Um, you can follow the podcast at all the links below. We're just at BratLifePod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can follow me at AllThingsShy. Um, you can email us at BratLifePod at gmail.com. Please do that. You know, because I have a lot of ideas, but it's like she's running out of ideas. <laughs> um, so also, please just like, I don't even know what episode this is, but at 50, 420, blaze it. 420, for 2069. Um, at <laughs> 50, that's going to be the end of season two. And so I need you all to let me know what kind of content you want to see for season three. Oh, Shit. hello? The police? No. Um, We're getting season three now. No, this will be season two, so. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> but um, let me know if you're liking the guest episodes, if you're liking the solo episodes. If you don't like the solo episodes, don't tell me because it'll hurt my feelings, you know? <laughs> um, but if you want more of those, if you want them longer, if you like them shorter, like all of that is feedback that I would love to have. Um, and as always, this episode is sponsored by Kay Overby, Kelly Hawkins, Kelly Meesum, Madeline Chappelle, and Caitlin Keogh. And if you want to be a sponsor, you can be one. You're welcome. You can click the link below and be a patron and if you don't want to do that that is fine because i get it um sometimes you just don't have money to pay for things like that but that's okay because brat life will always be free you can give us a five star one sentence review on apple Podcasts. It's totally free you only ever have to do it once and then you get some bitchin good karma yo and um also just tell people about us please me and my other personalities um It means a lot, and thank you so much for listening, and until next time, stay bratty. Bye.